Let's talk. Let's talk. What's going on, family? What's going on? Listen, uh, <clears throat> I posted, um, I put a post on uh, Instagram this morning and I was talking about, I was talking about something and most people agreed. Other people had difference of opinion. So I want to kind of talk about it. I put a post on um, my social media. And I was talking about a legacy tip. And I'm going to read it out real quick. Uh, Y'all can go read the little tweet that I put on Instagram. And then we're going to talk about it uh, together. And it says, your children don't want you to pass down your business to them. Your business was your legacy and your calling. That may not be what God has called them to do on this earth. You can say you decided to run a business because you wanted to chase your dreams, but in the same breath, you want to enslave your child to your dream. Uh, then I go on and on and on, and other people said, <clears throat> what's going on? Other people said, I agree, or I halfway agree, or I completely disagree. What's wrong with passing down your business? What's wrong with you passing down your business? Classes in session. Classes in session. Classes in session. What's going on, family? What's going on? <clears throat> I'm going to address the very first thing. <laughs> uh, there is a huge difference between passing down a company and passing down a business. Typically, when we go in business... A lot of us start businesses based on our current passions or skill sets that you try to administer on your child. These are interests that you took interest in based on things that you felt led with or based on opportunities that may have arrived. When I talk about your children don't want your business because your business was not is was not in the uh, in the mind frame of the company that your children will be inherited. Now, Jake, what are you talking about? There is a huge difference between a business and a company. And it's very, very, very scary um, to hear some people's comments when I, uh, when I post the difference between business and company and I'm talking about your children don't want to pass down your business is because uh, a, a lot of people um, um, haven't realized that um, I'm, a, I'm a chairman of three companies. Uh, I'm a chairman of three companies, two of which I started from scratch, that we have two co-CEOs running those companies. Now, the difference between a business and a company is that a company can be run by someone other than yourself. Most businesses are run by you and your child does not want to inherit your job. Okay, okay. I got time. What time is it? It's 1107 Central Standard Time today. And I got plenty of time today. Um, and and, 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 and here, here's the biggest thing. Um, we talk all the time on social media and you talk to your family that you want the best for your children. The best thing for your children is giving them options for them to be able to go chase what God created for them to do. Because your gift will be different nine times out of 10 than your child's gift. Why are you not doing what your parents do? 
Why aren't you taking on the same occupation as your parents? Nine times out of 10, even if your parent was successful, if you look at most successful parents, their children do not follow the same blueprint and path as the parent. They may start off on that same path because the parent wants their child to 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 uh to to do what they've done in order to be successful but eventually when these children find their own identity two things happen the parent accepts their own identity and supports them on their own journey or the child becomes resentful toward the parent because now they feel obliged or obligated to continue a path a journey or something following their parents' footsteps when it was never in their birthright to follow in the first place. So now you're, you've burdened your child with this legacy that you're saying that you're passing down for the benefit of them when they can't even stretch their wings to go do what God called them to do because they're too busy bearing the weight of your legacy that you left them, which is really a responsibility in a job. That is not legacy. That is not wealth. That is an obligation that you see a lot of generational uh, generation kid of uh, kids with generation with that type of weight on their shoulders. They end up killing themselves. They deal with depression. Um, uh, they have emotional issues. They have a self. Uh, 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 they have a. Uh, uh, self-esteem issues because they can't venture out and do what God called them to do. Now, the difference between a business is in a company is this. You will never hear me say not to pass down a company to a child. I said, don't pass down. Your children don't want your business because your children don't want to do your business, but they will want the, they will want the, um, uh, the benefits of your company. Jake, what do you mean? Um, um, uh, if you were to pass down a company to a child, nine times out of ten, um, uh, you have equity in this company that you built. Uh, I hope that you have more partners and I hope that you find somebody who is more suitable to run the company than your child. This will allow for your child to have liquidable assets or reoccurring assets. So that your child can still be able to go do what they were called to do while they're still benefiting from the company that you created from the business that you've done. Listen, business is just the transaction of, 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 of anybody can do business. Not everybody can build companies. These are two different facets that most people don't have the muscle to be able to understand. So when I tell you that your child ain't going to want your business, it's because I've seen it. Now, uh, uh, most of you don't, uh, don't know that I've been in the financial industry over uh, uh, nearing a decade now. And the reason why uh, um, I'm telling you that your child don't want your business is because I have physically seen with my eyes children who feel the obligation and weight to follow their father or mother's footsteps, the moment that that parent dies, they sell all the assets. And do you know who they come to? They come to financial strategists on and question and ask, how can I properly get rid of these assets? 
And the number one question that I ask is, why do you want to get rid of your parents' assets? Do you not want them? And they literally say, I do not want to keep this up. This was my mother's dream. This is not my dream. This was my father's dream. This was not my dream. And I was much, I would much rather sell this stuff so that I can go and chase my dream than to continue to live under the shadow of my parents well after they're, they're dead. I'm telling you, whether y'all believe it or not, y'all self-righteous people online talking about all this stuff you're going to do for your children and you never ask your children what they want to do. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest things I love about my brother DG, Derek Grace, is that if you if you look at his children, each of his children have businesses uh, based on their interest, not his. Each of his children have businesses based on their interest, not his. Your job in building a family company. Now let's let's get some things mis uh, 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 cleared up. When you create a family office or a family company, it encompasses all of the interests of your children and of the people that you're wanting to be a part of your family office or company. And it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with, with anybody being ungrateful. I would be a fool to think that my daughter and my soon-to-be son will have the same zeal and fire for finances that their father does. My daughter, uh, uh, don't she don't like basketball. She don't like sports. She's the most girliest girl in the world. She just wants to be free. So if my daughter wanted to spend the rest of her life traveling all of the world, uh, uh, and as she says, at five years old, Daddy, I just want to be free. It is my company's job to give her options so that she can be free. And through that freedom, God will help direct her and give her what she needs in order for her to get her own calling in his life. That ain't her job to keep up daddy's legacy. It's daddy's job to set the tone for our legacy, not my children. It's not, it's not her. I'm not passing the company down to her. I'm not passing daddy's business down to her. I'm passing down daddy's equity of our company to her. Two total different conversations. Daddy's business right now is active chairman or CEO of one of our companies. That's daddy's business. Daddy's equity in his company. That's my family's birthright, not his business. Because my business is not her business. Y'all remember when y'all, when somebody getting on y'all nerves, y'all say, mind your business. Y'all remember that? Y'all be like, hey, mind your business. This ain't your business. This is my business. Why? Because your business is directly attached to God's destiny for you. Your child's business on this earth may have nothing to do with you. But it's your job to build a company to give them options to run their business. Jake, what you mean? Uh, you know what a company can do? A company can be a conglomerate. A business cannot. A business is singular. A company can be can be uh, can be considered plural because a company can encompass businesses and other companies. 
But a business can only do business as transactional for the service, good, or product that it offers in transaction for whatever commodity or currency in exchange. That's doing business. So it is a such thing for you to own a company that doesn't do business. <laughs> it is also a such thing for you to do business that is not a company. These are two different understandings, two different mindsets. And this is the reason that we continue to struggle on this wealth journey. This is why we struggle. This is why we make, we melt, we, we make wealth building so hard. We make, you, you put too much stress on yourself. <laughs> you put too much stress on yourself. I need to do, it ain't my job to figure out her business. It's my job to give her enough freedom for her to discover what her business is supposed to be on this earth. So if her business is supposed to, if, if her business, God called her to go pray for every human being on this earth one by one. It is my company's job to find a way to compensate her for her business, not mine. So no, your child is not going to want your business. I'm sorry. They don't want it. They don't want your business. They don't want your business. But they should inherit your company. So Jake, what if I want to pass down my business to my child? Um, it is my job to find somebody who is suitable and who has been called to replace my business because it is their business to replace it. Jake, what do you mean? Y'all know my favorite business book in the, in the world is the Bible. And typically before God removes somebody, he creates a successor, somebody who replaces the person who's in position at the time. And in a lot of times, they were not of kin or of bloodline. It was the next best man up. Why? Because God runs a company, not a business. Oh my gosh, I am talking already. I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching. God runs a company, not a business. God runs a company, not a business. Jake, what do you mean? Because God replaces people based on next man up. Who is the best qualified for this position to do this business? Now, there are many businesses inside of one company. It could be your business to be the janitor. It could be your business to wash the windows. It can be your business uh, uh, to do admin work. It can be your business to sell products. It can be your business to do the marketing. There's many businesses inside of one company. The problem is you think too singular and you don't think in plural. See, God operates in plural. So a lot of us go around talking about we bit God this, but you still operating in the singular mindset. This is why it's hard for you to take into account the difference between a business and a company. Um, let's, let, let, let's go, let's go to the dictionary. Y'all know, y'all know I'm a teacher. 
So I want to take you to the dictionary. Let's look at a dictionary. The dictionary says a business and occupation, profession or trade. Notice these are singular. It says an occupation, profession or trade. That is a business. And singular. Let's look up the definition for company. Let's look up a definition of company. Association with another. It's immediately talking in plural. Companions, associates, group of persons or things, a body of soldiers, an organization of performing artists, officers, and crew of ship. Association of persons. Notice that company in every single um, description of the definition is talking in plural context when business is talking in singular. Your child does not want your singular calling on this earth. But they can fit in your company because there are many different facets in a company that makes it work. Man, this may be all this may this may be above y'all head. I shouldn't I shouldn't even posted that. I shouldn't even posted that. Because y'all don't want me to really break it down to you. This is why um they say uh successful truly successful people can be talking to somebody using the same words that you're using, but having two different conversations. See, this is when I know if somebody is really winning in business or running a company, or, 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 or this is how I know if somebody's really, really winning and really are successful based on the conversation that we're having. We may be speaking in the same language, but our conversations are two total different things. Jake, what do you mean? When somebody walks up to me, they say, man, I'm doing big business. You know what I mean? I'm running my business. I'm doing all of this. I really be like, and they be like, y'all running my business so I can pass it down to my children. It's my business. And, 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 I, and I really be like, you know what I mean? I just, I just did a meal last year running my business. And I be like, yo, like. I'm going to pass this business down to my child. I'll be like. Only 6% of businesses get passed down to the third generation. Only 20% or less. 20 to 13% of businesses get passed down from the first generation to the second generation. What's up? Can you have one of your muffins? No, that's my breakfast. Not yours. Back up. I'm sorry. I don't care how much money you make in your landscaping business or real estate business. You cannot make your child have interest in that. 
Most of you got into those industries out of necessity. Now that your child doesn't have to go through what you went through for their start, they can now find what they're interested in. Can I tell y'all a fun fact? Can I tell y'all a real fun fact? Do you know why there are still uh, properties? Do you know why there are still um, The reason why there are properties still available in real estate, it's not because more land has popped up out of osmosis. It's because it's called a transition of wealth. Wealthy people no longer want the responsibility of managing the properties, so they sell it to the next man up. And their family gets to eat off of what they've done, not what, what they did, not what they are doing. Jake, what do you mean? Y'all be looking at these family names, right? All the, the Coach Brothers and the Buffets and the, uh, no, no, let's say the Kennedys and the Rothschilds and the, none of them are still doing the business of their father prior to what they're doing. Most of them took the assets, liquidity, cash flow, money, currency from their, their set up trusts or assets that were passed down that can be spent. Their father and mother maybe have taught them basic skill sets of entrepreneurship. It's a skill set. Um, taught them skill sets of, 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 of trading, negotiating. Helped them, uh, uh, taught them skill sets of building relationships. This is why wealthy families would pay $300,000 for their child to go to Harvard for two years knowing that they're going to drop out. It's not because they care about the education. It's because they understand the importance of the network. Yeah. Those wealthy families are not still doing the same business that their forefathers done before them. They are doing a different business. Uh, Kate Webb, yeah, I'm still trying to get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back. They are, I'm trying to get back in it, Kate Webb. They're doing something different. Because they don't have to do what, they, what their parents have done in order to continue to grow the wealth of the family. They can do what they were called to do. Jake, what you mean? 
actually be upset if if my child's child's child, three generations, is doing the same thing that I'm doing today. I would be upset. With all the technology advancements, with the creation of artificial intelligence, with the changing of the world, if you are still doing what your great-great-great-grandfather did 90 years ago, you have, we have three generations of people who, who did not, in, they didn't better our, our legacy. They didn't better our generation. They are still stuck on what their grandfather did, not build on top of it. You know when people be like, I want to pass down my business to my next generation. When Rockefeller was at his highest peak, he was number one with railroads. He was number one. He was number one. In three wood, you, you asked to go live. I don't go live with anybody that doesn't have a picture in their profile. Um, if his great great grandchildren were still doing what their what their great great grandfather's business was, they would still be in the railroad business. <laughs> Go figure. Y'all be talking about I want to pass down this business to my kids, kids, kids. Well, if he thought that way, they would still be in railroads. How many of you, uh, 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 how many of you, uh, how many of you, uh, you still ride on railroads? I mean, Vanderbilt, my bad, Vanderbilt, my bad. Vanderbilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Vanderbilt. My bad. Thank you. I'm talking about... I'm talking about... I'm talking about... Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had a monopoly on railroads. Vanderbilt say, I want y'all to keep the family business going. The family say, yes, sir, grandpa. We're going we gonna to stay in railroads because you was in railroads. 2021, they still in railroads. <laughs> How crazy is that? Can I tell y'all the best investment you can make? 
for your family company, not your business. The best investment you can make for your family's company is in the discovery of your child's gift. King E.S. said, quick question, then as a child, how do I open up my parents, grandparents, and siblings to realize the traditional way of doing things isn't the smartest way to live? You got to go win. I didn't win my family over until I won. Now, I ain't got to convince nothing. I just tell them, hey, do this. Hey, you work here. Hey, leave your job. Hey, come help me build here. Ain't no question because I have proof of concept. You know, the best investment you can make is investing in your child's gift. Uh, investing in the discovery of your child's gift and then after you discover your child's gift helping them curate and bring that gift to life you want me to tell you why because that will be the evolution of your company not your business your business is your current occupation your company is your family's future legacy Y'all put too much emphasis on your business that's operating today and not on the longevity of your company. Companies survive generationally. Businesses only can make it based on the acceptance of that trend in that space and time. See, right now we're doing business on Instagram. But if Instagram is no longer here 30 years ago, 30 years from now, and I, my, my family is still trying to do business on Instagram. It is not as transferable or it's not as uh, uh, it's not as efficient as it was back then. Why? Because daddy's form of communication and doing business was Instagram. There's maybe holograms or something. The best investment you can make for your family's company is to invest into your child's interest. You said, man, but my child is interested in basketball right now. And they're not good at it. Well, if you continue to invest into their interests, you may find that they're really not interested in basketball and playing it. They're interested in owning a basketball team. But if you don't go further and explore those interests, you don't know what gift is hiding on the inside. A lot of you are more willing to invest into other people than your own children. Uh, let me see. Somebody posed the question. Young, black, and gifted said, I understand that the next generation moves on, but do they still have ownership of the old business? You don't want ownership of a business. You, want, you, want, you, you, you don't want ownership of a business. You want control of a company. You, you want you want you want control of a trust that owns the company that runs the business. See, a company cannot transact in business until you give it an occupation or a trade. 
company cannot do business until an occupation or a trade is revealed. Can't do business. So, Jake, what does that mean? A lot of y'all are trying to pass down a business. And a business is just a trade or an occupation. Doing business. So the businesses may change, but the company remains the same. So our 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 family company, let's say it's it's Johnson Family Holdings. Let's say it's Johnson Family's Holding Company. Johnson's Family Holdings Company. And right now, Johnson's Family Holdings Company is doing business in the healthcare industry. So Johnson's Family's Holdings Company. Johnson's Family Holding Company. See if I can. So Johnson's Family Holdings Company. So Johnson's Family Holdings Company is currently doing business in the healthcare industry. <clears throat> in the healthcare industry under Johnson Health. Now, your family has equity in the holdings company that manages and oversees the health business. <clears throat> hey, listen, family, at the ABS firm, we teach families all across the country how to build their own bank. Yes, I said it, how to build their own bank. If you're looking to try to get out of debt, stop borrowing money from everyone else's bank without building your own family banking system, you need to get in our private banking blueprint where we literally show you exactly what we did to not only build our own private banking system for our company, but what I did to build me and my wife's and my family's private banking system so that you can be able to not only guarantee wealth for your family, but you can now learn how to be your own bank. How cool would it be to learn not only how to be your own bank, but to actually become your own bank? So go to privatebankandblueprint.com, privatebankandblueprint.com, so that you can learn 25 hours coursework, videos, questions, everything that you need. And you will also be able to talk to one of our ABS advisors to be able to set you up your own family bank. Family, this is true. It is possible. You just have to go see it for yourself. So privatebankandblueprint.com. Don't wait. So this Johnson Health may be, it may be specialized in COVID relief. You can't pass down a business that is trend-focused. You can't pass down a business that is trend-focused. But you can pass down a company that owns the trend. Because if this trend ends, another business can begin. So you may have a passion in hair. Your wife may have a passion in, 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 in events. Your, 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 your first son, uh, uh, or, or let's say, let's say, uh, 
your first son got an interest in sports, nutrition. You don't want to pass down these businesses to your children because it's too specific. It doesn't give them options. You want to pass them down equity in the holdings company that owns and controls these businesses. Because all of them are going to be passing profits back to the holdings company, which is going to be having money held in reserves that make cash flow or make interest. So when these businesses die with you or you sell them, the holdings company gets whatever it's sold for and it still gives your family options for them to go and start their own business again. Oh my gosh. Um, I, need to, I, need to, I need to do a course on this. How important... It's confidence and consistency. I think I think I think you already know the answer to that, be cool. I think you already know the answer to that. I think I need to I think I need to I think I need to do a course on how to build a company, not a business. You start by doing business. And then you go from doing business to running a company. Then you go from running a company to managing a company. Then you go from managing a company to overseeing a company. Let me show y'all the true, the true flow is supposed to go. You're supposed to go. Doing business. To running a company. I'm building y'all a little chart so y'all can see. All right. Let's break it down. Doing business is typically you by yourself doing a business. The reason why I say you, even though I have one to three staff, is because most likely you ain't paying them no good money. You're just paying them to help you because you're still taking all the money yourself. Insisted. So, this is how it goes. It's just you. Your child can't do nothing with no business that's just you. So, the flow is supposed to go from doing business to transitioning from doing business to running a company. This encompasses a team, it accompanies other people, it involves the well-being of other people outside of yourself. So it goes from doing business to running a company to managing a company. Now, what's the difference between running a company and managing a company? When you're running a company, you're still in the day-to-day. Your child may not be interested in doing the day-to-day and you should not punish your child for not wanting to do the day to day that you don't even enjoy doing every day. Therefore, that will put your child in a job.
in a job, doing business, running a company. Then you go from running a company to managing a company. This is when you're no more in the day to day. You go from doing business, it's just you. You go from doing business, which is just you, you go to running a company, which is you and others. Then you go to managing a company where you're no more in the day to day, but you're receiving uh, a cash flow. Um, uh, you're overseeing. They're still bringing last minute things to you to for you to check off. Then you go from. No, it's not going in and out. I just keep getting distracted. Um, then you go from no more in the day to day management company to controlling. See, some of y'all don't even understand language. This is the trust. Controlling and not owning or managing is trust language. <laughs> y'all got to keep up. People want to people want to create a trust before you got anything to entrust. We be trying to create trust and get tax liabilities and tax breaks and tax shortcuts and tax windfallings and protecting assets. And you don't even have a viable asset to truly even protect. So I'm giving y'all what I've done. You go from doing business. My daughter and my son is, wouldn't want, do, want to do insurance. So then I went from doing insurance by myself. I can't pass down my occupation. You can't pass down a job. Then it goes to running a company. Me running a team with staff that can go into the thousands. Then it goes to managing a company. This is when you find a CEO. This is when you find a CEO to run your company. Now you're managing it as a chairman. You may be on the board or you're controlling the board. Then you go from chairman to now you give your chairman rights away or sometimes you can keep your chairman rights. And then you give your equity to your trust that your family can control. This stage, you, you reap all the benefits and none of the responsibility. Your family will not be responsible for the success or failure of your company, which is why your succession plan got to be in the most best benefit for your trust. Because your family has a controlling asset in whoever's managing and running your company. Because whoever's managing... Your company is overseeing who is running your company, who is overseeing who is doing business in your company. Because the CEO may not be actually doing the business. Give an example. The CEO of 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 the CEO of Smoothie King is not doing making smoothies. They're not doing the business. They are managing the business. The chairman of Smoothie King is not managing the business. 
They're overseeing. I mean, they're not running the business. Let me back up. The, the CEO of Smoothie King is not doing the business. They're not making the smoothies. They're running the company and overseeing the people doing the business. The chairman is not running the company. They're overseeing the CEO who is running the company, who is overseeing the, the uh, people who are doing the business. The person controlling the asset is not managing the company. They're not running the company and they're not doing the business. This can be equivalent like owning stocks or shares of a company. The only difference is your family will be holding a very sizable equity stake in the company, which will allow for them to remain or have some type of major control or stronghold on the company, which means they may not be on the board. They not may be CEOs, but they still have equity in the company. And their equity is owned by the trust, which controls who manages, who runs and who does the business? This is why I be telling y'all, your children don't want your business, but they need the control. Your children are much more likely to increase the value of the trust, the control, than they are in, in doing right by the business that you have. Hope y'all understand or got it. Somebody asked, would I start with the trust? Can somebody answer that question? Um, somebody asked, do you start with the trust? Can somebody answer that question? You know, what's funny. A lot of people be talking about all these LLCs and corporations and CEOs, but they don't have a business. Jake, what do you mean? The LLC indicates that you have a company. It's a corporation. You have a company. But the business is how you do transactions. Um, because there's a lot of people who have companies, but have no business transactions. Come on, Jake. Come on. 
Imagine every time you get a good idea, you start an LLC. And you walk around here talking about you got I got nine businesses. No, you don't have nine businesses. You got nine corporations. You I got I'm, I got nine companies. No. A company by definition is the accompanying of other people. It is still just you. You just have legal corporate cor, legal corporation. You do not have a company. You have you have what's called a uh, you have a tax recognized corporation. You have a tax recognized corporation. You do not have a company. A company by definition is the accompanying of other people for a specific mission, for a specific accomplishment. You're moving towards something as a company, a group of people, a group of persons. So my process was what I just showed you. I'm never going to show y'all what I've never done. I'm never going to show y'all what I've never done. I didn't get I didn't start with an LLC. I didn't. Now you can talk to your lawyer and your tax professional all you want. But if a tax professional knows what they're doing and you're operating with an EIN and a DBA as a sole proprietor, they can still get you very, very, very good tax benefits and write-offs because you're doing business as. You ain't doing that much business. So I, would, I, I had a sole proprietorship for about two years. Why? Well, one is because I wasn't looking on getting credit. Like a lot of y'all like to do that credit shit. So y'all like to have LLCs because the LLC you can go get a Dun and Bradstreet number. So then you can build up your business credit and you go borrow money and you do all that shit. I didn't do that. You know why? Because I was too busy in phase one. Trying to phase one. Trying to figure out what would be my successful business because if I can find a successful business if I can find a successful business I can build a company around the business after I after if my, my business is successful I can build a company around the business and then from running the company successfully I can hire a CEO who can run the company, who can oversee the business being done. The definition of business is the transaction of service, product, or good. We're doing business means that we're interacting. There's some type of value exchange. You said, what are our kids' lives going to look like if all most businesses are run by artificial intelligence? I don't know what your kids are going to look like, but my children are going to learn how to program and code those artificial intelligence. Here's the thing. This is what people fail to realize. 
Technology still has to be controlled by people. This is this is this is this is this is the biggest thing that we're missing. The big connector is people. Business cannot function without people. Technology cannot be moved, maintenance, or updated without people. So versus being scared of change, I'm going to I'm going to push my children's gifts and and help them find the next the next wave that the that the uh, that society's going so that it fits. It's just a new world. It's just a new world. So guess what? Let's go back to stage one. So what if what if what if things change? Jake, what if I go all the way up here and my family is controlling a trust, but the business changes? Say we started off, say we started off, um, Say we started off. I'm trying to think of an idea. Say we started off. Driving. People for transportation. Say we had a transportation business. And we started off driving people. For transportation. And then artificial intelligence says that they're going to replace real drivers. Say for an example. Say for an example. They said, Jake, well, we, we got successful. We got all the way up here. But down here, things have changed. So we went from driving but now they're going to change to, to automatic automobiles. So I'm not going to spend the company's profits. This is what happens. A lot of you fail and suck at running companies because you don't take your profits to invest into the future of the industry that you're in. You want to go and splurge. You want to go and... Buy all the, the, the most fanciest shit you can't afford. You ain't saving nothing. You ain't, you're not reinvesting into the next best thing, the newest technology, the next greatest uh, space for your industry. So you're not even giving your children a chance to own something viable when they get it. So people who actually are controlling companies you think in larger scope because you want the preservation of the company or the asset to last multi-generational. So you say, okay, we doing business driving people, but we need to take some of our profits and reinvest that back into the business 
so that we can start to develop technology so that we can have automatic automated transportation too. So when society changes, you're with the change. Okay, that's enough. That's enough teaching today. I'm tired. I've lost the rest of my motivation to teach. I lost the rest of my motivation to teach. Okay, y'all. Enough game today. I gave y'all enough game today. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to host... I think I want to do a free business from concept to company. I think I want I think I want to do a business course from concept to company. And I think I want to do that one free. I think I want to do a free business course and break down everything from concept and how to transition to company, how to replace yourself with CEOs, and I think I want to do it free. Hi, baby. Am I late for Yeah, I was kind of teaching them. Let me see your neck. Where is your neck up? Why are you so dry right here? I don't know. Go, go under, uh, under my sink. Okay. There's a, there's my sink. There's Mama Ashley's sink, and then there's a cabinet in the middle. Go find the lotion. Cause you looking like you looking like real homeless right now. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I want to do a free, complete business class from concept all the way to company. Yeah, I think I want to do it from concept to company. I don't know what I want to call it. I don't know what I want to call it yet. But I think I want to do a, a free master class. A master course. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna put that together. I'm gonna put that together. Yeah. I'm gonna put that together. And I'm gonna offer that. I'm gonna offer that completely free. I'm going to offer that course completely free from beginning to end. Yep. I'm going to offer that one completely free from beginning to end. From concept to company. And I'm going to go through these four phases 
four phases of building a successful company. And I'm going to teach you how to do it debt free. You said, will it be in BWO? Um, everything I do is BWO, but it will not, it, it will not only be for BWO people. I'm going to make it for, I'm going to make it for everybody. Yeah. I'm going to make, I'm going to make it for everybody. Because cause I feel like if you all can get the, the, the bigger picture and the gist of it in totality, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it in October. I think I'm going to have this. I think I'm going to have this course in October. Yep. Because we we need less businesses and more companies. We need to see black black and brown folk hiring black and brown folk. We need to see more black and brown folk doing eight figures a year, nine figures a year, hell, seven figures a year. We need to see black and brown folk hiring people, paying them good. Y'all, we have, I was looking at our payroll. We have, we have nine, we have nine people on our staff. That are uh, are on a six figure salary. We got nine people on our staff that are on a six figure salary. Nine. See the lotion? No. Did you see? Uh, did you look in the the? It, so you see mine under my sink, but there's a little one. There's another. Oh, here goes some right here. All right, here. Put it. Put that on your arms and your hands. Uh, uh-uh, hands first. Hands and now on your arms. Yep. Rub it all the way in. Keep going until you rub it all the way in. Get those elbows. That a girl. And get up here on your shoulder. There you go. Uh huh. Keep rubbing, keep rubbing, keep rubbing, keep rubbing. Okay, now rub your other side. There you go. Make sure you get on all around. Get all around. There you go. There you go. Now rub up here on your shoulders. There you go. You said define company versus business for them. I, I, I talk an hour and a half. 
your child, oh, um, my daughter's eight right now, but she in makeup and nails. How do I know she's going to keep up with it? You don't know. Somebody said, uh, oh, yeah, to, to fully give your, your, your question attention, Billionaire Blue. Again, my daughter's eight right now, but she is uh, into makeup and nails. How do I know she's going to keep up with that? Us as grown folk, we don't even keep up with stuff that we start. Think about how often your ideas change. So you, you, you for sure can't expect your child to stay in that. Let me see. Did you rush that or do you need more? I didn't rush it. Huh? I didn't rush it. Okay. Sorry. Did you need something? Rub, rub your hands like this. Uh, slow down. There you go. Make sure you get in between your fingers like this. In between. Stop being a weirdo. There you go. You got it? Don't you feel moisturized? Okay. All right. Put your sandals on. I'll have a snack ready for you in a little bit. Okay. Good job. High five me. Yeah, you got, you got to allow for your children to change their mind. Because what happens is when you don't allow for your children to change their mind and you punish them all the time, every time their mind changes, you're actually, um, you're actually um, suppressing their imaginative and creative, uh, uh, their creativeness. And what you got to understand, the highest form of godliness is creativity in our imagination, because it's only in our imagination it's only through our creativity can we create things that never existed before and bring it into fruition. Yeah. So if you tell, you always stop and stuff, you wasting my money. They're, they're literally going to shrink up and not want to try anything. And then that became their habit. And because of you reprimanding them for trying things, guess what happens? Yep. You named it. They're never going to try anything when they get older. All because of how you reprimanded them for saying that they're interested in something. You took it like, you need to learn this. You got to do this. But you did that. You did that. One thing I love about my parents is that my parents, we didn't have a lot. But my parents let me explore whatever. Whatever idea I have, they let me explore. If they didn't have the money, I went to my papa. My papa was like, let's, let's try it. Let's try it. As a matter of fact, in my business, it took me candy, nutrition, hair products, travel, Insurance, consulting. It took me set cutting hair, lawn business, nonprofit. I've tried ten things before I found my thing. Since I've been grown, I mean, since I've been an entrepreneur, I've tried ten things. Imagine if. Every, 
One thing I one thing I do I do respect and love about my parents is this. One thing I do respect and love about my parents is this. One thing I respect and love about my parents is even when they didn't understand, they never criticized me for trying things. They never criticized me for trying things, which allowed for me to always be feel like it was okay for me to try stuff. Now they may have talked shit behind closed doors, but they they never openly criticized me. Never. They've never. Um King Ia says, but as a child, you can't challenge a parent. Uh I think that children should be allowed to challenge parents. Because here's why I say that. You can teach your child discipline in the middle of the challenge. What do you mean? I allow my daughter to challenge me. Why? Because in this world, you I you how can I train my daughter on how to negotiate or not accept anything just anybody says if I don't allow her to practice in a safe place? If they can't practice with you, how can they build up enough muscle to go stand up to somebody else? So, I ch- my daughter challenges me. I challenge her and I give her op- ultimatums and, and, and I give her choices the same way God gives me choices. And based on the choice, it is a consequence based on her choosing. I'm helping her with decision making. I'm helping her with how to how to uh, critically think about the consequences or reward that come after. And I'm allowing her to deal with that consequence. And guess what? She is very good at accepting the consequence, especially knowing that she chose it. Parents be like, because I say so. But then the same parent be mad that your 40-year-old child ain't going out there and sticking up for themselves because they going based on what they say, what somebody said. So they never learn how to critically think or or to challenge something objectively with facts. So my daughter, I be like, yo, it's time to go to sleep. She said, it's time to go to sleep. I said, yes. She says, do I have to go to sleep right now? I say, well, listen, if you don't go to sleep right now, that means you're going to stay up. But if you stay up, you're not going to have your lap, your tablet or you can't use any technology, nor can you play with your toys. If I and, and guess what I do? I, I keep her tablet in her room. I keep her phone in her room. And I say, you can't play with any of these things. If you decide to stay up, 
Not only can you not play with these things now, but for half the day tomorrow, you're going to forfeit playing with those too. But if you go to sleep, when you wake up in the morning, as soon as you wake up, you can go and play with your tablet. My daughter says, huh, five years old. She's, hmm. She processed. She's processing. And she says, I think I'm going to go to sleep now so that I can wake up and watch my tablet because I don't want to just be up and not be able to play with anything. And wake up and not be able to play with anything. So I think I should go to sleep. My daughter's five. I'd be like, hmm, you sure? She said, yeah, I'm sure. Great answer. Because you chose the right answer, tomorrow you can also have a snack at lunch. Wow. Never had to whoop her. Never had to pop her. But I challenge her mind. Because her mind is going to get her through doors or shut her doors of opportunity. Her mind. It's what's going to help take her across the world or have her in jail or in some man's house getting taken advantage of. So if I don't begin to build the, the, the most potent tool, which is her mind now. A lot of us graduate high school as underdeveloped, overage toddlers. Underdeveloped, overage toddlers. You throw temper tantrums when you're upset. You can't even articulate why you're upset. And when you're mad, typically it's because things didn't go your way how you saw it in your head. Underdeveloped, overaged toddlers. Only care about what you get out of the deal. Nobody else. Sounds like a toddler. Can't compromise. Can't think critically. Analytically. Can't do comparative analysis. To determine this decision or this decision. Overaged. Underdeveloped. Toddlers. Which is why we go have children without being married or married to the right spouse or significant other. I've made that mistake. Being married but having a child with someone who wasn't compatible. This is why we try to con the system, try to beat taxes and try to do all this other stuff. Then comparative analysis. I'm trying to beat taxes with no money. How about I go make money and then hire somebody that beats the taxes for me? Comparative analysis says 
Let me go with this option rather than try to learn all the codes to beat taxes and I still ain't got no business to beat it with. Comparative analysis. Isn't that what God does with us? He gives us options. And we have to live with the decisions that we make. And deal with the consequences that may or may not come from those decisions. Somebody says, well, Jake, well, um, why don't you deal with debt? Well, comparative analysis shows me that there are more people who lose and when they lose, it's worse than people who don't use debt. So. I'm not supposed to leverage or use debt unless I absolutely need it. Me lacking skill sets in learning how to sell is not an absolute need for using debt. So I'm not going to put myself in debt before I even get started and I still don't have the skill set to sell. Does it make sense? Comparative analysis says, maybe you should learn how to sell. And if you don't learn how to sell, maybe you should bring somebody on your team who knows how to sell and you have a great product and y'all can collaborate together and use each other's gift. You create the product, they sell the product, and then y'all share the profits and the revenue and growth of the company. Comparative analysis says, that's better than getting dead. I, 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 I didn't start with my daughter doing flashcards for memorization. This is the problem with our education system now. This is why it doesn't work. We're trained to memorize, not critically think. We're trained to memorize. A lot of y'all got a lot of stuff memorized, but you can't critically think or apply it. So I don't, I don't train my daughter to memorize shit. I don't go over cards. I don't, I don't. I don't, uh. Oh yeah, my bad, Sister V. I don't, I don't, come on Tia, I don't, uh, I don't uh, make her uh, listen to all the stuff that I teach on a daily basis. Why? Because her, in her infancy, in her, in her, in her childhood, up until about six or seven, learning and developing skill sets to critically think is much more important than memorizing 
or doing sight words of things that she can't comprehend. Why is that? Because it is proven that most successful business owners are not good students because they suck in the memorization game and they are great at the critical thinking game. Most successful entrepreneurs are great with world critically thinking, uh, um, uh, uh, um, hands-on learning than they are in memorizing things. They hire the people who memorize and they grow the business through critical thinking. So I will much rather teach my daughter critical thinking and then show her the context of the words that she's using before she has to memorize it. So my, water, my, my daughter will know in practice the words that she's using. So when we start going over the words, she has things and experiences to bring it to where she understands and comprehends so she can use it in critical ways. My uh, my my mama and my daddy don't like when Taylor say why. And I asked my mama, I said, why do you, why you don't like when Taylor say why? It's because I say so in this house. Well, if you never tell her why, she won't understand why you say so. But if you tell your child why you're saying what you're saying, it's helping them download situations in their mind to understand why you say so. So when they get older and you tell them, hey, don't go there, they built this trust with you that it has to be something of value, which is why you're telling them not to. Why does it hurt with telling your child why? It gives them context on why not to do it. Stop jumping on the bed. Why? Because I said so. My daughter's jumping on the bed. I said, stop jumping on the bed. Why, dad? This is fun. Well, because you may slip and you may bust your head. You may crack your, you may crack your neck. You may die. And I know it sounds dramatic and I know it sounds crazy, Taylor. But guess what? It is possible. Did I show you? Let's see. So I grabbed her. I said, guess what happens? Boom. I said, guess if you slip? Hit. You said you hit your head? I said, yeah. I said, that hurt, right? Yeah. I said, boom. What if you slip and hit your head right here on the, on the counter? She said, oh, my daughter has never jumped on the bed again. Why? Because when she asked me why, I took her through assimilations of things that could go wrong. So now if she ever thought about jumping... She naturally goes back into her memory bank and she goes through all of the things that could go wrong and she won't do them. So what better where or what better environment to learn why than with people who care about you? No, Anderson said, don't that make her afraid or scary or even thinking about taking risks? No, the problem that we have is that 
We don't teach our children how to analyze the decisions that they make. We don't teach our children how to analyze the decisions that they make. Whether you believe it or not, we're at war every day. War with the government, war spiritually, war mentally, war emotionally, war humanly, uh, 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 through hum humanity. We're at war. So if you don't teach your children critical thinking to ask themselves, is taking this risk going to cost me my life or what harm could it cause? It doesn't hurt to evaluate all the things that can go wrong. Can I tell y'all a secret? Can I tell y'all? Can I tell y'all a secret? Can I tell y'all a secret? Um, y'all know why all my businesses, y'all know why all my businesses at first failed and why every business I touch now wins? Because when I first got started in business, um, when I first started my business, I only built my business based on risk and optimism. I mean, based on not risk. A taking risk and optimism. I'm just going to try it. It's going to work. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be amazing. I didn't think of all the things that could go wrong. And guess what? In business, everything goes wrong. The art of business is overcoming everything that goes wrong. Now when I build businesses, I build businesses with the expectation that everything will go wrong and nothing will go right. So when things go wrong, we have contingency plans to deal with those things, which, uh, which, uh, uh, which ultimately gives us the best leverage for everything to actually go in our favor because we plan for everything to go wrong. Crazy. I'm planning on... Lawsuits. I'm planning on, oh, this person's going to steal this. Oh, I'm planning on, oh, customer service problem here. Okay, this, 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 this. So this makes me think, before I decide to say I'm doing business, let me set up my business and parameters. You can't say that you're a king or queen of a kingdom if you don't have, uh, uh, if you don't have protection around your kingdom. What good is a kingdom... If you don't have walls to protect it in an army to uh, uh, an, or an army to fight for. It. Why? Because what foolish person will build a kingdom and not build protection to protect the kingdom? What foolish person? Matter of fact. A good king or queen says, as you are building the castle, before you build my castle, you build the walls that were protected. Think about your house. Before they start working on the inside of your house, they build the walls to protect it from the elements. So we in here comfortably, 
But we're not in here exposed to the elements. We're protected from the elements. And the better the protection, the more safe and secure we feel on the inside. Why? Because when you build your house, you got to see, are you in a flood zone? Are you in a flood zone? Are you in a tornado zone? Is it always hot? What you got to put on your uh, windows to make sure that you're shading the heat? All those things are important. Uh, Anderson Rasheed said, um, that's not too, the question was, that's not too technical or not overthinking and making the business venture overwhelming. Well, uh, I would just say this. Um, uh, I currently manage two seven-figure companies that are debt-free. I currently manage an eight-figure company that is debt-free, never borrowing money from the bank. My companies together do about three, four million dollars a month. Four or five million dollars a month. So, oh, did I I, I mention? And we're debt free, never borrow money from the bank. Hire 27 people. Now 25 or full time. Nine of my staff are on six figure salaries. Nine of my staff are on six figure salaries. Nine. And we're debt free. Oh, I forgot. And we got a tech company, uh, um, uh, multiple six figure uh, revenue generating uh, tech company. So it's like four companies, two or seven, one is six, one is eight. So. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what bizcosystems.com. Somebody put that in the chat. Bizcosystems.com. Somebody put that in the chat. BizCoSystems.com. I didn't say that to brag. I just said that to say that there are people who do. Oh, oh, I, I, I forgot to mention. Hold on, I just need. Uh, give me. Hold two on, minutes. I, I'll keep talking. Hold on.
And I also forgot to mention that for two of the seven-figure companies, I have CEOs that run those companies, even though we built it from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So I manage and oversee companies that I started, that I no longer run, debt-free. Yeah. So this isn't a brag. There's people who have done it and who do it. And there are others who just look at what other people do and try to teach it. I do both. I do and I teach. I do and I teach. When you see where it says I am the bank, it's because I truly believe I am the bank. Hey, T. What's up? Listen, listen, millionaire. Listen, listen. <laughs> Woo! Oh no! Hey, not yet, T. Cause they're gonna be calling you. I'm telling you, just, just, just chill, just chill, just chill. But this is one of my good students right here uh, that I can't take no credit for because let me tell y'all, the results of a student is always on the student, never the teacher. So what's the secret snack? Yeah, because I haven't given it to you yet. Peace. <laughs> Shut my door. Um, and if you have mentors or people who guide you that take credit for your results, they are not your mentor indeed. Because it's only your job as a mentor to God. It's their job to do. You didn't do anything. Just gave them game. So uh, she's a great student. Um, she took the information we gave her and she did the work herself. Uh, uh, she went from a domestic shelter, not no homeless shelter, a domestic shelter. She saved up her children. You tell your story. Tell, tell, what, what was your life before the teachings? What were your life after the teachings? And what are you doing now? Um, well, when I first started off, um, I got on Brother Ben X Live to ask about some cookies, how I could start a business for my son. So I just wanted to sell, you know, some cookies, $40 here, $20 here, you know, um, and see how this self-made stuff work. Um, I told you, Abe was it? Uh, yeah, and I wanted to see how the stuff worked or whatever. Um, and so I talked to Brother Ben, and then he said, well, you know, you could try the course out. So when I seen the prices, I was iffy. I was like, nah, nah, I'm not. You You got another thing coming. If I'm in the shelter trying to find a place for me and my kids to say, you think I'm about to give you a grip, you know, to sign your class? Nah, but I'm going to listen to what you're saying. But I kept seeing them more and more and more. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it out. Um, so then I just got a leap of faith. I tried it out. And uh, long story short, every since then, I started taking the classes and just like listening to what they were saying before I wouldn't listen. I would start something and like what they saying and I was out. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, you know, they were talking about God and everything like that. And of course, I'm like, no, I thought we was making money. They have in church and no, nah, this ain't this ain't it. But, you know, it was deeper than that. So, you know. I got in the course, I started listening, started to uh, find my niche is what they call it. And you know, here I am now out of the shelter, have my condo, car and you know, some other stuff. I don't speak much anymore of what I do have. Um, because when they used to talk about the way the enemy will come towards you, when you really get into your niche and start doing what you have to do, I experienced that. 
uh, numerous times. So now I just consult with him or, you know, brother Ben or one of them before I do anything. Um, because what I woke up to yesterday is supernatural things that start to happen when you really trust in yourself and trust in God and around the appropriate people that you need to be around. And uh, when you do join their courses, you have to mentally be open to change because when you go in and you're like on social media, I'm speaking for myself, y'all, not for nobody else. But when I was on social media, I'm like, damn, how they on vacation? How they doing this? How they doing that? And I'm working, I'm taking care of my kids. I'm trying, I'm trying, and I'm not getting nowhere. And you want me to spend a thousand on this, invest in this, and invest in that, you know, and I wanted other people to invest in me, but how can I ask for someone else to invest in me when I'm not even willing to invest in myself? Mm -hmm. So you can't ask people to do for you what you're not even willing to do for yourself. So I had to step back and I had to take accountability for my own self, my own words, my own actions, my own thought process, and just the way that I view myself values and myself. So after you get yourself you know, together, you can figure everything else out. Hey, listen, and, and, and the best thing about it is that, um, man, she gave y'all a bar and y'all missed it. Mm -hmm. If you look at, uh, in the Bible, most of the times, nearly all of the times that God passed anointing on somebody, it was in private places. <laughs> that went over their head again. Most of the time, when God has passed anointing on somebody, it was always in private places, never in public. Mm. And, 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 and most of the time, after the anointing was passed, there was an extended period of time where God is allowing for you to mature the anointing that was gifted to you in that private place. And the problem that a lot of us have is that we go out and speak on the anointing before we mature enough to protect it. Oh, my God. Say that again. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of us go off and start telling people about our anointing until we get mature enough to protect it. See, see, see the reason that God gives you anointing in your private place is so that he can tell you that he sees you. Mm. But it's not for you to go and blabber to the world that he sees you because the enemy knows you don't know how to protect what he sees. And so what the enemy would do, he will put things around you that will make you willfully give up what God said is rightfully yours. And you will find yourself in compromising situations that will keep you away from the very inheritance that he already gave you in a private place. And so when you make things that were private and you take it to the public, now it is a public warfare. See, 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 God cannot defend you in a war that you created that he never ordained. But when the enemy comes in private territory, Woo! got all of the rights to handle things that you kept to yourself. And the problem that a lot of us have is that you don't want to allow the maturing process to happen. Can I tell you something? The reason why God allows for us to mature in darkness is because we're not strong enough to be able to fight in the light. That. Because, because when you're in darkness, he can hide you from the enemy. 
But the moment you break ground and people see what you got going and they see the momentum that you have and they see the gifting that you have and they see the talent that you have and they see the skill sets that you have and they see the anointing that you have, they then go and try to extract from you what God ordained for you because they want it for themselves. Yo. That, and, and you can end the live on that. If y'all didn't get nothing from that right there, when he what he just said, when the enemy comes, is so strong. And I'm not bible Like, I'm still learning all this stuff. It's not even it, it, the enemy. People, some people, dreams are so dead, they put it off on you. Oh, you'll never be a millionaire. You'll never, she ain't got that. She got this from the shelter. She this, she that. People are so opinionated. And when you're on social media, you have to, you have to expect that. And all this stuff was new to me. I wasn't even a social media hat. I still don't even have a lot of followers. Sometimes when I did my workouts, I was talking to myself, but I was talking like there were millions of people watching me because that's just my personality. I don't need a crowd. I turn up by myself, read the Bible by myself, or do whatever I have to do to get me into that zone of being clear. So just along what he said, you have to be very careful of what you share. And what I shared to Jake and brother Ben privately, I was blown. I've never seen these numbers and I'm not going to speak of them because I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah, it blew yeah. me because I had never seen nothing like that in my life. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. See, and you're, 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 you're currently experiencing anointing and darkness. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Because God doesn't anoint you until he knows that you built enough potential that he sees that you'll be ready to mature it. See, watch this. See, King David, you know, you know, the guy who beat up Goliath with the stones. You heard that story. So King David is his little boy. He was this shepherd boy, T. And he was he was the youngest and the weakest uh, looking of all of his brothers. And so there was this big king. His name was King Saul. And he was the first king of Israel. Okay. And he didn't do what God told him to do. So God told a prophet to go find the next king. Mm. So that was king. That was prophet Samuel. So Samuel went to a house that had sons. And all of, he told the father, go get all of your sons. So the father brought all of his sons, the strongest sons, the smartest sons. And King Solomon was looking at all of them and said, no. Nah. I mean, King Sam, I mean, Prophet Samuel was looking at all of them and said, no, nah, these ain't it. You, mm. you ain't got no other boy? The father said, oh, yeah, we got David. He out there, though. He, he, he out there in the, in, the, in the yard by himself. Ain't nobody worried about him. Samuel said, go get him. Samuel seen look David, he said, oh, you the one. At 12 years old, he anointed David to be the next king at 12. Wow. Because God saw that David had a certain skill set and potential that the other brothers didn't have. See, David understood the importance of serving. Because he would do whatever his family needed in order for things to be in order. He had, this, he had this knack of not being scared of doing things for the best benefit of his family. Why? Because he was a shepherd boy. And the shepherd boy's duty was to protect the sheep 
from lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, right? That was his job. So at 12, he was fighting animals to keep them from eating the sheep. Now, watch this. The biggest thing that people fail to realize is that sheep was one of the biggest currencies of that day. So he was literally protecting the biggest asset to the family. Wow. And so while everybody looked at David like, oh, he ain't nothing, God saw him as something. Mm -hmm. So God went and sent a representative on behalf of him and said he will be next. Now watch this. David didn't become king until 30 years later. Wow. Come on. Come on. So God will sometimes show you something. But imagine if David walked around talking about, I'm going to be next king. I'm going to be the next one. Imagine if he had ego and he allowed his pride to get in the way of his development. That right there. That right there. That like button messed people up. And I see a lot of people do things for clout. I am a Target dollar store Walmart shopper. And everything you just said, had I walked around, it should have took me out at 10. I always say that number. It's, it's over. Yeah. It's over. But yeah. I'm like I told you, I'm still going to remain a faithful student because had I not come in contact with you or Brother Ben or anybody else who he put me into contact with, I, I would not be where I am now mentally. Yeah. Men mentally. Yeah. So you just said right now, that's a whole lesson again. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And, 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 and so this is what happens. So David didn't go around and start exposing to the world what his next position was supposed to be. He just played the next position that came to him. So he went from the shepherd boy to killing the greatest warrior of their, of their time with a stone. He killed him with a stone and cut his head off with his own sword. David did. Little boy. Little boy. Then he went from there to leading an army. Then he went from leading an army to becoming the, uh, the, the right-hand man to the king. And even though the king despised David and wanted to kill him, David never moved until God told him to. And see, the problem is, is that God gave you the anointing, but you don't want to wait on him to tell you go. See, 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 you think that him anointing you is him telling you to go. And sometimes the anointing is him telling you to trust the process because the process will let you know when it's time to go. So just because he gave you a vision, just because he gave you the right environment, just because he set you up, doesn't mean that he set you free. The setup is the buildup for your free up. Listen, come the on, setup put that on the shirt. The build up for your free up. And if I try to, if I try to overstep the setup to try to hurry up and get to the free up, I miss the build up that will keep me free. Wow. And when we understand those things. Our lives will begin to be changed forever. And that's what I want to leave y'all with. Understand that anointing is given in darkness. It's given in darkness. Uh, 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 
uh, and then in the light, God wants to make sure you're prepared. So every time you feel like you're in a dark place, you need to ask yourself, am I passing God's test? Because there is clearly a weakness in me that God is trying to rid out of me so that I can be prepared to fight the enemy. There is clearly a weakness in me that God is trying to rid out of me so I can be prepared to fight the enemy. And so versus uh, trying to move past the test to get to the rest, how about you pass the test so you can be your best? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Versus Ooh. trying to skip the test <laughs> so that you can do the rest. How about you pass the test so God can make you your best? And it's through the passing of the test that God purifies your weaknesses so that when the light hits you, it gleams. That's why that's why wow. that's why we love a diamond. Because the diamond is a is a is is a is a, is, is, a, uh, is a reflection of how we're supposed to reflect light. See, let me tell you. Diamonds don't absorb light. Diamonds reflect light. So when we are, when we're operating in our gift, we're not supposed to be absorbing the praise. We're supposed to be reflecting the praise and giving it back to where it came from. See, y'all are missing it. But mm -hmm. if you don't go through the diamond-making processes, you will then find yourself trying to absorb the praise, and you are not built to absorb that. You're built to reflect it back to where it comes from. But if you're not built and made during the test and the process, you will not be prepared for the light to be able to handle the light when it comes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. hot. Yeah. 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 See, 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 see. Let me tell you something. Let me get up off here. Let me get up. Let me get up. Let me get up. Let me get up off here. Cause y'all know T. I don't know what it is. Every time you get on, I be wanting to preach. I be. And and the the thing you say is always what I need, and then it goes to the next step. Because on the live before, I think with Brother Bennett, you said she's gonna be our first millionaire in a live. When yo, if y'all when he talks, hey, I don't know if y'all just on here. I, hey, I'm not. Hey, I'm not claiming that. I'm not saying nothing. Hey, hey, hey. But I'm just saying hey. what they say. Take heed to it. What they say, take heed. Don't always come back with the response. As y'all see, I don't say much. I just listen. I don't say anything. I don't get the hair, the nails, be on fleek. <laughs> you would think. Well, do I? I don't do none of that stuff. Y'all don't see nothing. Y'all see me looking the same way. Y'all see me slim. But take heed to what he's saying. Because he just said a mouthful several times. Yeah, yeah. So listen, I love y'all. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do about it. Be prepared. But allow God to process you so when the light hits you, you know how to reflect it back to where it comes from. Listen, I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Peace.